TSOS radio podcast. Life issues, artist interviews, and faith. Downloading. Downloading now. So Journey hit the music scene back in 1973. Since then, become one of the most popular rock bands of all time. You know the songs like Faithfully, and Any Way You Want It, Don't Stop Believing. Journey actually has a residency in Las Vegas over at the Coliseum that actually is going on the next couple of months. But in 2017, Journey was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Jonathan Cain is one that's responsible for a lot of that as you arrange a lot of the songs. You've written a lot of the songs over well, the years. Well, I got to thank the good Lord that night. <laughs> I was probably the only one to shout out to our holy father you know thank you you know because all things come from him <laughs> so jonathan kane's joining us today at SOS radio how are you i'm great so back in the 70s even before journey was formed your dad told you don't stop believing it's something that kind of stuck with you when you were young was that where the title originally came from it, for the song it was my dad taught me how to pray he led me to jesus when i was eight years old and i'll be forever grateful for that man he was my vision keeper and my dad matters you know, he's gone now, but I, I shine my light twice as bright. Well, we're spending an hour with Jonathan Kane today at SWS Radio. He's with the band Journey. You grew up in Chicago. You attended Catholic school when you were young, and you actually had to learn Latin. I mean, what was that like? Does that help you with songwriting? Well, you know, we sang Gregorian chants, and we sang them an octave higher because our voices were so high, you know. <laughs> and the sister that led, we had to follow her. There wasn't any time signature. It was like... Um, angelic and when i studied uh, you know a little bit about gregorian chants it, pope gregory actually proclaimed this the first worship music you know he gathered these hymns from around the world there's some 800 of them or something i had no idea when i was a kid you know what i was partaking in mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it was anointed i'll never forget there's a sort of rapport that you know when the service is going you're you're singing back to the priest and the priest sings to you and there's this whole beautiful thing. And, and Latin sings like Italian. It's beautiful. You know, it's, it just comes off your tongue. So I want to talk about back when you were in school. In your book, Don't Stop Believing, you talk about a fire that pretty much destroyed your whole school when you were about eight years old. And thankfully, you escaped unharmed, but a lot of your classmates weren't so lucky. No, I had a friend that was, he was an accordion player, just a little bit older than me. His name was John. And uh, there's a famous picture of a fireman carrying him out of the building. And he's gone. He's got soda all over his face from the fire. And, you know, it's just it's heartbreaking. The, the kid that I bought my fourth grade books from, Mark Statura, he was one of the ones that passed on. Mm-hmm. I asked my mother, I said, how am I going to go to school with these books from a deceased uh, classmate? She said, um, you're going to dedicate your whole year to this boy, you know. And I said, well, that's a good idea. And I made straight A's. <laughs> so, you know, but it was sad beyond belief. And we, I think we all, were, we all suffered post-traumatic syndrome. I mean, just like the soldiers, you know. We were messed up kids, man. And my father led me to music at that point. He just said, God told me music is your path. So, you know, sometimes out of pain, something new is born. That's what happened with me. And after the fire, that tragedy led to a whole new experience. And my father was very smart to shift me out of that, you know, shock and sadness, you know, when you watch it go down. I mean, these firemen, a lot of them were World War II veterans, were shocked beyond belief. Um, They were moved so badly. I mean, they just said, we've never seen anything like this. This was just, you know, the mayor showed up and it was a worse school fire. And it changed things, though. I got to say, one thing, you know, maybe those children were a sacrifice for change because all of the laws of all the schools around the world 
and fire code safety were changed. Wow. So, you know, you couldn't have a building any close to that, you know, because the whole world came to Chicago to find out what happened. I, I can sleep at night now, you know, because I was wondering, what do I do with all these kids that passed? And right next to the house of God, I mean, it was right next door. These flames are leaping out of the building. I'm like, Jesus, where are you? You know, well, he was there. He was there and he was crying along with us and he was suffering for all those. And that church has been restored with a two and a half million dollar makeover. And if the remnant of grace prevails there, that when I went back after 60 years, I go up every 10 years, I go and I sing this song, The Day They Became Angels. I wrote a song about the ones that lost their lives and and they have me sing it every time, you know. It's powerful. And and the cardinal came and he preached an amazing message of grace. He said, you know, those that were involved in this tragedy have been covered under an umbrella of grace for their whole life. And I started bawling, you know, I'm weeping. Wow. I'm like, oh, come on, pastor, you know, just keep bringing it. And, and he said, he had this message of grace. And I'm like, you're right. You know, and, and my Holy Father covered me from the moment my father took me to music lessons and covered me in this grace and then led me to this band called Journey, you know, <laughs> to write a song that would inspire millions of people called Don't Stop Believing, that would give me a father who would lead me to Jesus in a mighty way. Well, we're talking to Jonathan Kane from Journey on SOS Radio. And Jonathan, your dad was a man of faith who initially was the one that told you about Jesus when you were young. But as the years went by and the fame of Journey spread, you sort of fell away, kind of the rock star lifestyle a little bit. But back in 1996, you were working on a record, and Steve Perry actually was the one that brought a Bible into the recording studio. And that's sort of when it hit you that you wanted to understand what a real relationship with Jesus was about. It brought me back, you know. I think the fire, I was numb from it, you know, and I hadn't reconciled it. And I, I would go to therapy and cry, and it was just something was frozen inside, you know. And when I saw him with the Bible, I just, that's all I needed. It was like, it's time to start returning. So we wrote the song, Trial by Fire. Then my children were born, and I found a church that I liked this pastor a lot, and he baptized my kids. And I started little by little walking with God again, yeah. We're talking with Jonathan Kane from Journey on SWS Radio. And as a songwriter who has toured the world and arranged and written songs with all kinds of famous rock stars, I mean, what was your first connection to Christian music? I'd say the Gregorian chants are about as Christian as it gets. I mean, yeah, I, mean, true. I mean, this is the original you know, worship music. You know, when you really look at it, that's holy, sacred stuff. And so I guess that would be the beginning of it and and just the feeling of being part of a ceremony in latin you know that's ancient there's nothing that comes close i don't care what kind of hymn you're going to sing it pales in comparison i think you know for me and being involved in uh, you know a service that is timeless you think about the thousands of years that they were singing these songs for so when i was a big elvis fan when i was a kid and elvis could sing the gospel music you know and he really captured my attention. Here's a rock and roller that loved God and loved the Lord and would sing, you know, these gospel songs. Ray Charles would sing gospel music. And that's when you know that there's a bridge, you know, that you can do both things. I mean, when I saw Elvis and his love for God and then his love for rock and roll, I'm like, well, this is great. <laughs> we can be believers. We can be transparent with our faith and we can rock. And we can rock for Jesus, you know. So I guess 
I'd say Elvis was the first time I saw in our world, you know, a guy really embrace the Lord, you know, like he loved Jesus. I know he did. Yeah, and every once in a while he'd show up at his church and he'd lead worship or he'd play along with the band and do some hymns together. He was insane. I mean, what a gift he was to all of us, you know. Seeing him and Ray Charles are like the really the bridge from rock to Christian music. And that, you know, you, you can have your fame. And you look at the other guy I'm thinking about right now is Sam Cooke. So Sam was a worship leader and he sang and you know you've seen the story on Netflix and it was his undoing coming to over to secular you know he was in one of the biggest worship bands traveling all around the country you know doing all these gigs he, I forget the name of the group he was in but um he wanted to help you know the black community and so he he felt his voice was better in secular and then ended up you know not being so good and he gets shot and killed sadly but that's another guy that you look at what rock and roll came out of the church in a big way you know when you really look at it Whitney Houston she's another one right out of the church you know it's interesting you know because you can get hurt in church you know the church can run you off and hurt your feelings you know you have to make up your mind I mean I think what the churches need to do now is they need to reinvent themselves you know and I think we need young voices, and a lot of churches are just not ready to let the millennials speak and raise up new voices. And that's what we're doing in our church. We're raising up a young voice, a strong voice. And Paula Smart, she raises up young men. She's got like 10 pastors she's raised that are preaching the gospel in a big way all over the country. That's something to be proud of. And so your love for the church makes you want to go and lead worship and help churches. When you're in town doing a residency in Las Vegas over at the Coliseum at Caesar's Palace with Journey, but on Sunday, you look for churches that you can plug in with like this Sunday. That's right. You know, they asked me if I would come and uh, share something that I have to offer, the music that I've written, and uh, I'm going to do it. You know, that's what I do. I I was saved to serve. (laughs) So what's going on this Sunday, Mountain View Presbyterian Church right off ramp part in Cheyenne and Las Vegas, and they're doing an 8.30 service and a 10.30 service, and you're going to be leading worship and all of that. I think the pastor is going to take a different tact here, you know, with, <laughs> with, with our music, and I can't wait to see what he's going to preach. I've never been part of one of these. You know, it's an interesting look at our secular music, and I feel like my music has always been driven by the Holy Spirit in a big way. You know, when I wrote Faithfully in 20 Minutes, I know I was not the only one in the room. <laughs> it was the quickest song and I think I ever wrote. I mean, Steve Perry wasn't around, Neil Sean wasn't around. It was just me and God. Wow. And I haven't had many of those. And recently, you know, I'm back, and we're connected. And i got to say, the greatest co-writer... I've ever had, you know, is the Holy Spirit. And I, I would not have that song without our God. Well, we're talking to Jonathan Kane from Journey on SWS Radio. You give a lot of credit to your wife, Paula White, as being a catalyst. It really brought you Paula back White to Kane. faith. Paula She's Paula White Kane. <laughs> yes. Come Paula on. And, I, and don't call me Johnny White. I'm not white. Okay. <laughs> All right. No, she's that big. You know, she has a book out now. And I'm so proud of this book. It was the hardest book. She's probably written 30 books in her life. But this is the one that she was... The most hesitant to write and it's the story of her life you know it's the memoir and i think i went first you know and i had to get through some mess in the middle writing the mess in the middle of my life is like it was so painful you know to write this oh god i did this and i did that mm-hmm. and i think for her it was she saw me go through it and i kind of led the way and you know like there's nothing to be afraid of just write it you know 
And so she had foot surgery. It kind of went badly. And it almost forced her to sit in that wheelchair and get it done. And it slowed her down a lot, which was almost kind of a Holy Spirit thing, you know. But she poured her heart out on this book. And something greater, you got to check out. I think it was released yesterday. I took the picture on the cover of the book. That's my photo. (laughs) I don't get credit in the book. I don't know why they didn't give me credit, but I'm the photographer. They took two other photo shoots to try to see if they could beat it, and nobody could touch it. (laughs) I said, that's... uh, just saying. You know how to showcase your wife. Well, I mean, who's the one that loves her? That's me. Yeah, she's the best thing that ever happened to me, I tell you what. And uh, I met her on Southwest Airlines. Really? She sat right across from me with all this stuff coming in, books and bags and computers. And I'm like, she dropped this book in the aisle and I picked it up. I said, I like your heels. Those are Fendi, aren't they? I'm like, I'm a shoe guy. And I said, what do you do for a living? And she's, <laughs> she said, I'm a preacher. I'm like, come on. And I'm writing my book on the laptop, you know, right there in the, and I'm right in the middle of the fire I'm speaking about, trying to get this chapter about the fire right. And I said, I got a question for you. And she said, what's that? I said, is it possible for an old guy like me to find the love for Jesus like I had when I was eight years old? Wow, what a question. She stopped. She looked at me. She said, John, there's a weightiness about you. There's an anointing on you. I think you need to stop running. You've been running. And I went, wow. She quoted a bunch of scriptures, and, and that was the good news. And I smiled, and she said, well, I have a question for you. And I said, she, she, I said what is it? She said, uh, is it possible for me to find balance in my life? You know, I'm running out of control. And I said, you've got to turn down the noise. And I explained to her that there's harmony. You've got to say no. You've got to learn to say no. So we had this conversation, two and a half hours, I don't know, we're flying to San Antonio. And, you know, she never gave her email to anybody. And I said, I know, I don't want your number. I said, just shoot me your email, you know. And so we kept in touch like that. And I would send her pictures of nature. And then I'd say, send me a scripture and I'll put it on there and you can post it on your Facebook, you know. So that's how we started. Oh, wow. And I said, you know, a lot of times when I'm out there shooting nature shots on the road, I see God through my lens. I see a mighty glory, you know. It was really fun. That's how we really, you know, started our relationship. And then finally, I got loose from a a bad marriage I was in. And I called her and I said, it's you. (laughs) You know, are you seeing anybody, you know? And that's what we did. We kind of started up. And and I didn't date her very long because you can't date a pastor. (laughs) I mean, right? Yeah, that is a little complicated, isn't it? So I said I'd never go to Africa. I said I'd never get married. And there I am in Africa getting married, you know. And I went back to Ghana, and we got married in Ghana, Africa, by her spiritual father, Archbishop Duncan Williams, who was a mighty man of God. And I've never seen the prayer, the kind of prayer that they, you know, they practice over there. It's just, it's mighty. And they prayed over us, and, and I asked them to baptize me again. I said, I need to recommit, you know, so I could be the pastor's husband. I could probably write a book about being the husband of a pastor. I'll tell you what, what I see her go through. And now when, you know, in D.C., she's doing all this stuff in D.C. for the church. And I hope people appreciate it because we have a Christian movement going on in D.C. And the name of Jesus is whispered in the halls. And it wasn't that way eight years ago. In every department, there is a Christian, you know, every department. We have mighty faith leaders there. Mike Pompeo is... A saint. I mean, I met him, and he's doing so much. He had just had a conference for religious liberty 
had these amazing testimonies of people, you know, that came like from Sri Lanka, horrible massacre, the bombing yeah. and stuff, you know. This lady was telling a story, and so many, like in China, you have no idea the persecution that's going on. And it's just Christian persecution. And in the end, what happened was it was a resolve to go to the UN so we might be able to take some of these bad guys and take them to trial and put them in prison. In uh, Nigeria alone, there's probably 500 churches that have been destroyed. Uh, hundreds of pastors have been killed, you know. And it's just no one's been brought to justice, you know. So. Mike is in charge of this new movement in Washington that's going to say, no, we're going to hold you accountable for this stuff. And it's fascinating to me because I, you know, I get to go to these things and, and listen. All the listening sessions are so fascinating. You know? So there's a real move of God going on, and I believe that change is, is going to come. We're going to get resolved. We're talking to Jonathan Kane from Journey today at SWIS Radio. Jonathan? Not only do you have a passion for rock and roll, but you also have a passion for Christian music. And you actually been teaming up with Michael Tate and writing some songs this year. Well, yeah, we did a single together. Big fan of Mike and Newsboys, and we just thought it was fun. I had a Christmas album last year, or two years ago, I released called Unsung Noel. It got rave reviews, so I know Christmas. It's Talk called Wonders of Wonders, by the way. <laughs> we got to say the song, and it'll be on Spotify. It'll be, I think we're releasing it October 28th, I believe. Talking to Jonathan Kane from Journey today at SWS Radio. So how did your bandmates respond when you originally told them, hey, I'm going to make some serious changes to my life. This may affect our band. This may affect my role in the future, or maybe not. I want to keep doing this, but I'm going all in as a Jesus follower. I mean, were they understanding of Yes, that? absolutely. They were impressed. When I came out with my first album, What God Wants to Hear, we went around and interviewed a few of them, Arnell and Steve Smith and and they just had kind words for me, you know. It's just that one thing feeds the other. For me, it's like, if you're blessed the way I've been blessed, it's the only natural progression is to spend the rest of your life, you know, praising. Uh, there's power in your praise. And I want to let people know that I'm Jonathan Cain because of the Holy Spirit. I'm not Jonathan Cain because of me. Everything I do traces back to him. Every note I play comes from him, through him. And it just hit me like when my dad died, how am I going to do this? And God said, it's always been me, John. We're talking to Jonathan Kane from Journey today at SWS Radio. And this Sunday, you're actually going to be doing some music over at Mountain View Presbyterian. There's an 830 service and a 1030 service. It's over off Rampart and Cheyenne. But as you dig into the words and the music and the tempos and the beats, do you see like a spirit behind music? Now, God rides on the waves of sound. We make music to please him. Whether we know it or not, we are pleasing God. He just does. And you know, I believe that all of us in this business get our seed from, I mean, he asks us to go forth with these ideas and put these ideas out there in the universe so that we might make people smile, so that we might make people dream, have hope, reconsider, find love. Music is his medicine. It's his way of saying, I anointed you with your gift to anoint others so that you may bless them through me. And that's pure and simple. I'd realized that when I was in church singing those songs. I'm like, where did this music come from? You know, this ancient music that is so profound. And I think about the composers in the 1800s, and there's probably 50 years of just 
heavenly music that was created, that God orchestrated, these composers would leave behind this timeless music. And most of them were sons of pastors. (laughs) (laughs) Heavenly music by the Holy Spirit. And I listen to it, and I think, you know, if I even get a a little sliver of this with Journey, and now we're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I'm in awe, you know, and I continue to serve. You know, we're representing his idea, his perfection, you know, and that is simply God's relationship with music through man. And so here we are bringing forth the joy that he puts in our hearts. doesn't get any better. Uh, we've been talking with Jonathan Kane from Journey. Actually, have a residency going on in Las Vegas at the Coliseum over at Caesar's Palace, going through December. But it's also going to be leading worship this Sunday at Mountain View Presbyterian, 8:30 a.m. and again at 10:30 a.m. It's over off Rampart and Cheyenne. Thanks for coming in today. My pleasure, Scott. Be blessed. Thanks for listening to the SOS Radio Podcast with Scott Harold. If this discussion encouraged you, feel free to share it with your friends on social media. 